This is Anthony Pascal. And this is Lori Elster, and this is the All Access Star Trek podcast. This week is just a review. We are not doing news. We're not doing anything else because we had to record in advance because we're in Vegas at the 56-year mission, all together with the Trek movie team. So we are going to review Lower Decks, season three premiere called Grounded, and to make it extra special, to make up for all the stuff we're missing, we have Matt Wright from the Shuttle Pod joining us. Hey, Vegas, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm pre-excited for it. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I was also pretty pre-excited for uh, Lower Decks. Oh, uh, totally. Yeah. So Matt, why don't you start us off and give us your overall impression of the season three premiere? Uh, overall, really, really enjoyable. Really enjoyable. Like so, so much going on, you know, moments for everyone. Lots of fun little things, not so little Easter eggs, you know, like obvious, great fun, obvious homages to things. Yeah, just just a lot of fun. What do you guys think? I thought it was a great way to start off the season. Everything I thought the pace was fantastic. Great guest star, great Easter eggs. I I liked that there was actually some um, there were emotional stakes that were very, very high for Mariner. I thought she mm-hmm. did a great job and very beautiful, fun Star Trek pro Starfleet message and um, gooey, sticky stuff. So <laughs> Always, to me, right? that's a great Lower Decks episode. <laughs> How about you, Tony? Well, the most important thing for me is that it was just hilarious. It was funny. That's what the show's supposed to be. And I'm thoroughly entertained and laughed along, you know, from beginning to end. I think it's one of the funnier episodes of the entire series, really. Maybe this is because it's been away for so long and I forgot, but I, I think it was great. I mean, yes, it's a lot of the same, but it still it feels different. I think it feels more character based. Mm-hmm. I think they've hit their stride. Yeah, I mean, the th- yeah, I think the show. Well, I mean, you know, it's just the first episode, but I think it's it's getting better. And you know, sometimes shows don't get better. Um, often animated adult comedies, I think, you know, go into slumps. And this, you know, this one is continues to get better and better. You know, so season three is now even more anticipated for me. Absolutely, they started right out of the gate. I thought with the new scroll. And that they do a great way of they're recapping what happened last season, mm-hmm. letting you know how upset Mariner is, but also with this hilarious, lots of deep cut, funny joke scrolls under the noose. Did you have yeah. a favorite in yeah. that in that list? Mine was definitely the Jellico reference. Um, I'm a big fan of Jellico. I think Jellico did no wrong, um, but it was also referencing. So Jellico's an admiral now, which is great. Um, as he should be, but he does not like the Zebulon sisters and has banned <laughs> them from all star friendships. No choo-choo dance um, for you. No. So, which is on brand for Jellico, of course. Oh, yes. Um, that was fun. Uh, what were your uh, pause, the, the player moments? I really like the deep cut about the country stampede where the teens were injured rushing the stage at a Sonny Clemens concert. Of course, I was like, what? That name is so familiar. And I did I did look it up because I recognized it. And as he's <laughs> from the Next Generation episode, The Neutral Zone. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. That is so deep. Yeah, that's like... <laughs> I know, I was like, I know that name. Why am I recognizing it? And then it was so hilarious when i saw it like an episode i never rewatch. no because it's not very good no (laughs) (laughs) 
but it's good enough to get a reference on lower decks, you know? Yeah. So, but yes, that whole thing of, you know, setting up, I thought this was going to be a courtroom drama episode. The right. Way they set that up. Yeah. That's totally not where they went with that at all. And it, it was, we never really saw the courtroom drama at all. There was like, I, I love how they still use courtroom sketches. You know, oh, right. <laughs> but for the most part, it was all people reacting to what's going on in the courtroom. I did like, as someone who used to live in San Francisco, I did like the kind of um, how Mariner is just not like cool with San Francisco and the way she slagged off the Golden Gate Bridge. She's like, like that big dumb red thing. And she's she's so mad. Why do we need a bridge? We don't even have cars. Like uh, that made me laugh. That was my first yeah. laugh out loud for sure. I both chuckled and was offended as a Northern <laughs> Californian. It is a good point because I have noticed in establishing shots in Star Trek where they show the bridge, but there's some kind of construction. Well, no, they, they, have, they, have the solar pan- they have solar panels on it. Yeah, there's no cars on it because she's right. So they're using it for something else, obviously. It's a historic and, and, landmark. Yeah, yeah, you could take it down. But her dad's like, I like the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not red, it's orange, by the way. But that's yes, a whole that's correct. Side note. <laughs> and but that's not you know we 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 visited multiple locations in California actually the the the, the bigger one is is the visit to the Boimler Vineyard, um, mm-hmm. which was referenced I think in season two oh yeah yeah it was the one where he was lying about being from Hawaii and then he admitted that he was from California and he that's grew right. up on a vineyard drying raisins until they're shriveled and hopeless. <laughs> yes well we we envisioned it would be as as beckett said you know you hear star trek you know you, vineyard you think chateau picard but no it's no. raisins no. of course he makes california raisin in a classic outfit if you tend to like gardens or whatever you wear that jumpsuit kind of thing right know? with the weird yeah that's your yeah. That's your uniform. With the the big floppy hat. Of course, to protect you from the sun. And he's an expert on raisins. I mean, that's the one thing I liked. Uh, There were things I didn't love about that scene, but what I really liked was his very specific raisin cultivating advice. He certainly knows his grape varietals. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he did did grow up there, but he he doesn't like it, obviously. No. But uh, it has seeped in. Do we know anything about his family, really? Have we met like a... No. We really don't know, like a mom or a dad or a brother. So apparently there's probably some other family members who run the farm. It's not just all those hot chicks doing it? No. Yeah, the hot chicks are the ones who really miss him. I mean, that was... They seem they seem to be not very competent at it, though. So yeah, <laughs> hopefully not the only ones. <laughs> and you know, I do wish they'd done... If you want to do that joke, which is like an old kind of yeah, tired joke, but you want to, if you want to do it, I say the way to do it is to, is to mix it up, like throw in something surprising. So instead of just having what in any sort of, of our TV eras are like hot chicks in tight, short shorts, mm-hmm. um, throw in an alien, throw in a dude, throw in, you know, like do something to put a spin on it. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, that's the one thing that really stands out is just being, I don't know, not very great. Belongs in uh, Married with Children or something. I don't know. You know. But like yeah. a minor thing. It wasn't horrible. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Like, we don't I have... wasn't offended. It doesn't, doesn't get hung up on it. Just, it just, right. eh, it just, eh, like, doesn't really belong. 
Yeah, I rolled my eyes. That was kind of it. But I guess the question is, is this a character thing about Boimler that they're adding? Like that he kind of doesn't get social cues, doesn't get because he does. He has an awkwardness, but he also had a girlfriend. Yeah, I don't think he's that bad off. That's that's what I think is weird. Yeah. Well, I think I mean, if you want to like analyze it in a serious way, which I'm not sure we should do, but I think he was focused on mariner i think his friend came to him in distress and with a way out of where he was he hated where he was yeah and then he his friend comes out. to him with a problem so all he's he's very single-minded and i think that was the point was that he was so single-minded that they're coming up going hi honey and all he wants to do is like i'm telling you what you need to know so you can get out so i can yeah. go do my thing and i want to get out of here yeah 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 it was quite easy for Mariner to talk him into leaving because usually her shenanigans require a little bit of convincing, but he's he was so ready to go as soon as she suggested something. Yeah, so that's what I think all that was about. So speaking of references, we catch up with Tendy and Rutherford at Cisco's Crayol Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Straight out of Deep Space Nine. I mean, I thought we were actually going to see a Cisco. Did yeah. you guys think we were going to see I, a Cisco? I was hoping we'd get one of the Cisco's. Yeah. I know that we've got Deep Space Nine coming, so I didn't necessarily think that they were going to do it this fast. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, if you are going to Cisco up. But, like, I didn't even see a photo of, like, the Cisco. Like, I thought maybe they'd they'd be on the wall or something, you know? Like, a, here's your proprietor, you know, like, photo or something. That's how they like, work it in. Or a picture of, like, Nug eating there. Yep, or there you go. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> But That's you know what? One. They did have Ketracel white hot sauce. Yeah, which is pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> that was a slightly deep cut until they kind of zoomed in on it, just in case you didn't mention yeah, it. Yeah, did you get it? <laughs> <laughs> well, after the Dominion War, obviously, the Vorta have found new ways to keep busy, <laughs> yeah, I right. guess, because they're, you know, are, are they still serving? The founders, or you know, is this a new venture for them? But, now they're uh, serving you hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> they're just trying to stay relevant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all part of the treaty, I guess. Right. So, <laughs> the bigger—I don't know if it's the bigger question—but <laughs> were Tandy and Rutherford on a date? No, no, because they're still back in like the friend stuff, re- sort of starting over. Remember? So, nah. They're yeah, that didn't yet. feel romantic to me at all. Okay. That's just them being like nerds, like enthusiastic about things together like they were before. Yeah, it could go either way. I mean, obviously, they didn't lean into the date thing at all. Well, um, I mean, his implant kind of rebooted his relationship with her. So I don't they're sort of back to square one with that. Remember from season two. At the beginning of season two. But yeah. they've had a, a lot of season two was them reestablishing their close bond. and. It would not surprise me if these two ended up as a couple someday. Yeah, eventually. I just wasn't feeling it in this one. Okay. Well, I think they're too busy nerding out about the idea of maybe going to historical Bozeman, Montana, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Which, thank God, they do. Which they do get to, yeah, as it turns out. With a short hop at a transporter facility. Yes. From a very, a guy who they thought was going to be a (laughs) psycho badass. Yeah, yeah. The sweetest grandpa in the world. Well, I, until you try to cross him into his transport. I loved that guy. From the moment he said, don't let the door hit you where the Big Bang split you. I was like, I love, love him. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that 
and the butterscotch and the whole and it's being a buffer buff. I just yeah. oh, I loved him. And he was wearing the O'Brien uniform from mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine before they switched the first. He switched the first contact after yeah. first contact came out. They though. Yeah. And he had the same the chief rank insignia. So it was very, very classic guy. But but he was willing to send them. He was going to break the, the rules. Um, but the, the weird space creatures were getting in the way. So hence they had to go to historic Bozeman, Montana. He did make them soup, though. <laughs> <laughs> and gave them butterscotch. But yes, then they found their way to Bozeman, Montana, where we saw that famous statue that Jordy described. <laughs> and James Cromwell, which was fantastic. Yeah, that was awesome that they got James Cromwell to do all the narration and stuff that we see. It was perfect to cast him and then perfect to make it like a ride at Disney World. Yes. I'm sure it was an easy sell for his part. I mean, he's done so many Star Trek things. When was the last time he did a Star Trek thing? I mean, he obviously came back for the Enterprise series premiere. I think that was I think it. that's was it, that actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's the last thing. But he'd already been on Star Trek before he even, you know, became Cochran. So, oh, yeah. You know, right. he's. They like to use again. He's yeah. very Star Trek friendly, Mr. Cromwell. But this is possibly the weirdest thing he's ever done. Is. Uh, <laughs> voice a hologram version of himself as a ride guide telling people to finish their food before they get on board i know yeah <laughs> obviously this was i mean the, the homages to star trek first contact were off the charts so this this doesn't count as easter eggs these are you know yeah uh these these are just eggs <laughs> and, and and delicious eggs i mean i very much enjoyed it i think the music was really great you know there were big things and little things you had to kind of look around to see little little fun touches there so you know it was it was a surprise and a delight in the in the middle of this episode so i i re- now again because i overthink these things you think okay yes jordy said there was a statue but obviously there were too many touches from the movie there they were surprised by Zephyr Cochran and his whole kind of rock and roll attitude you know so this theme park couldn't have been there 10 years prior right so it must have been created after they returned from the past yeah oh I agree with that because there's so many details that only they would know by going there and like meeting the dude right yeah right his love of Steppenwolf yeah (laughs) The yeah. hat, his love of Steppenwolf yeah. and the hat. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in my head canon, I think this whole park was uh, developed by Reg Barkley. I think that, that he came back and he helped like the Frankie or someone build this theme park around <laughs> the memories. And he had to get a waiver from Starfleet Temporal. What are they called? But remember, that doesn't really matter because this is the past. He's yeah, not really, I don't think it would matter at he's all. He's not influenced on anything. This is just a, a, a historical recreation of sorts. I guess he's updating the real Yeah, it's just updating it with more details because you knew what he was like because they went true. there. But I love the idea <laughs> that Reg was such a fanboy. He came back and like wanted to overhaul this into a Disneyland park, basically, instead of a you know simple you know, whatever statue and turn the Vulcan ship oh. into a swing set. Oh yeah. I like that too. <laughs> I, would, I wonder how the Vulcans feel about that. Yeah. That seems a little <laughs> insulting to them, but oh, well it was funny. 
According exactly. to Tendi, writing on it is only logical. So exactly. I mean, we did have a big revelation in this episode. What was that? That Boimler dyes his hair purple. Oh yeah, that bit, that makes me feel a little better because I was like, that's the uh, that's the one cartoony thing in a way about the show, right? Is that like he has purple hair, even though he's supposed to be like a human, right? It like, doesn't quite make sense. And so it's kind of hilarious that they've officially clarified that. Nah, that's not his natural hair color. Like it's not you know cartoon logic. Like no, he really does just tie it. Like my teenager. Yeah. But, so. <laughs> and he says nobody knows his real hair color. That's what Boimler said too. So they've said for the crossover episode in season two of Strange New Worlds that when he when Jack shows up as Boimler on that show in live action, his hair will be purple. Well, yep. Yeah, he dyes his hair. I'm not sure if that had anything to do with this, but they, they were well, making sure it, yeah. it isn't just a cartoon thing. It's yeah, like, it's, yep, it's canonically now he dyes his hair purple. There you go. Like, <laughs> Right. He dyes his hair purple and Alien Bird ate his comb badge and he drops his tricorder <laughs> in the toilet. <laughs> and he got like some kind of horrible gas. Um, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. oh. And then Mariner calls his lugs a blooper reel. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we can't use this. <laughs> <laughs> What's great is that he he's not embarrassed by any of it, though. I thought that was an interesting take from his point of view. Because what season one Boimler, I think, would have been embarrassed. Yeah, I think I mean, so. he was embarrassed. It started off with her trying to take his, you know, because he was uh, recording a personal log in the closet. And she tried to get it from him. And now he's he's just letting it all hang out. He's like, "This is me, man. Just yeah, leave it." I sniff the captain's chair. That's what I do. Well, that's where <laughs> we've seen him grow over these seasons. Is <laughs> he's now just owning who he is, yeah, and all yeah. of his eccentric weirdness. And there is quite a bit, but this, <laughs> but but that is when Mariner makes her true Star Trek three pivot, where she decides to steal the ship. Yes, yes, she does. But she doesn't do what Kirk did, which is she tries to stop her friends from being part of it. Like, so initially she wasn't going to bring them along. Um, She put, you know, she programs them on a shuttle to send them back. So that was, I guess, because she's saying it's different for her because it's her mom. Well, that's like literally what she says when they confront her. And that's. That sort of adds the emotional resonance. Like as funny as this episode was, I thought you really felt her pain. Like she, she, yeah, almost, she's she breaks down to do at one something. point. Yeah. Like later, she breaks down, going, "She was in handcuffs," but she's like, "She's your captain, but she's my mom," and that's why she's not listening to anybody when they say Starfleet's going to help. Don't worry, we'll take care of it. And she just doesn't believe it because she's so distraught. Well, and then, of course, it's that whole lower decks viewpoint, which is like they don't get, you know, they're not privy to a lot of information because they're the lower decks. So, like, they're used to just not really knowing and kind of doing whatever they need to do. Right. And so, well, what do they need to do? They need to go figure out how to exonerate mom, you know. But everyone actually was saying, you know, even the other ensigns were kind of going along with her, but also telling her that she should trust the system yes. and trust Starfleet. Yep. So she was the only one who was really assuming that nothing, you know, the system was broken. We've got to do something. Her last point, she was going to, her plan to steal the ship was to take it to the Klingons and, you know, try to get them, force them to do you know, that. Wouldn't have worked. No. no, 
you know, so she was she had gone over the edge, as it were, and they rightfully, you know, brought her back until Starfleet security showed up to ask them, you know, what the hell they were doing on a ship that was recently impounded. And this is when Tendi has her hero moment. So everyone gets these great moments and Tendi who, and they're kind of reminding us at the end of last season, she got transferred from sick bay to science mm-hmm. and she's showing that she knows her science by lying really well to the Starfleet security guys about their little um, science experiment and getting electric shocks for everybody. Yeah. And goo. <laughs> lots of, yeah, lots of goo. What was it yeah. that Boimler called it? Oh, alien sploof. Alien sploof. Cracked me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was super gross. And he got like sucked into one, which is again, That's classic like Brad. Episode. Yeah. yeah. If anyone's going to get sucked into a, a slimy alien, it's got to be him. Yeah. But I, again, I loved how the Starfleet security guys, when they heard her story, were like, oh, that's just great. You know, you guys are the best of Starfleet because you're helping these creatures. Just, you know, just tell us who gave you the order. Yep. You know, which is protocol. Reasonable, right? Yeah. Entirely um, reasonable. So were you were you surprised when uh, Captain Freeman walked in the door at that moment? I was, yeah. I thought they were still going to have to BS their way out of it. I wasn't really sure. Yeah, same. Were you? I thought Ransom was going to walk through the door. Because they said, give us the name of a commander. And I, I was kind of on Team Mariner in a weird way. And I'm like, okay, so maybe things are going badly in the court. Because they, you know, they dropped this weird you know, kind of misdirect where there was this, basically some hanging judge was going to be bad for mom, which is kind of triggered Mariner at the beginning. Right. And, and so I thought maybe they, you know, have more help from someone else. And who else, you know, so who who would help them? And I thought, well, maybe ransom comes over. Right. And, and he did. It's just that he was with everyone else. Um, <laughs> and it was a whole different story. Well, and that made it even better when, you know, Beckett's dad, when Beckett says, you know, Starfleet really came through, who would have thought? And her dad was like, uh, me, I told you, your friends told you, everybody told yeah, you. Everyone told you this. <laughs> yeah. It really stuck home that point that she was on out on her own and she needs to grow up and learn that, she doesn't, you know, she can't keep on doing this stuff. Well, so I think l- like a good sitcom, she learned a lesson. Yeah. And also sure. a good point for the show to make to remind us like we're goofy and silly, but we're still Star Trek and Starfleet. So I liked that too. I really liked the message that it doesn't matter who the judge is. It doesn't matter any of that stuff because they are going to get to the truth and they did get to the truth. That's right. Now, of course, so the, all, the all-star team, as it turned out. Too. Yes. <laughs> right. The montage, you know, again, that we didn't get to see. Yeah. It's like one of those like Ocean's Eleven almost like montage of like, here's what they did to like to f- what you didn't see for the heist kind of thing. Like, yeah. And you had Captain Batesman. That's cool. Tuvok. Yep. None of these people, you know, there was no line. So no. it's not Tim Russ, but Tuvok was there. Um, they took down some Zach Dorn. Because the Zachdorns are dicks, right? Yeah, so, yeah. You know? <laughs> and, of course, the Packleds were behind it all along because they blew up their own planet. And she calls it a classic Samaritan scare, which, of Smear, course, yeah. yes. is the you know first episode with the Packleds. Yep, yep. I loved how they kind of rushed through that as well. 
Because they're just like, well, of course Starfleet came through. Here's what they did. Duh. You know, like, of course they crack team, like, proving her innocence. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, an hour (laughs) after she gets out of court, she finds out that her daughter's stolen stolen the ship. ship. (laughs) But this sets up a whole new thing for, I think, the season, which is mom and dad, they can't keep on trans, you know, because this whole show started where she was transferred to this ship it's their last chance the cerrito says yeah but mom had to admit i can't discipline you your father can't obviously you're throwing plants around his office (laughs) Uh, so now is this is the ransom surprise when he's now put in charge of her fate yeah and he says to her i'm your mama now (laughs) (laughs) that was so good i'm makes me really look forward to whatever's coming next so i guess you know they are setting up the the the, her arc for the season her stakes for the season is if ransom so decides um then he can just kick her out of starfleet she's on super double secret probation and (laughs) this is it yeah i think that creates some real stakes yeah, well, because so, yeah. her mom, the captain spelled it out and said, I can't kick you out of Starfleet no matter what you do. So that's why they needed stakes. And obviously, Admiral Dad is just, it's just a complete pushover softy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a nice guy, but there's... Stop throwing plants, please. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, people know that the, the, the other Admiral who she called uncle said, why do you even have breakable things? So... Apparently, this is her thing. She likes to break stuff. Yeah, like tur- um, and like throwing things at the TV instead of turning it off. I know. So we're thoroughly entertained, but we end this with a with a really good new sense for where these characters are. Kind of, there's a new Tendi who's focused on sciences. There's a, a kind of a new bold Boimler, as it were, with and this new dynamic with Mariner. So. Everyone slots into a, a new thing, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 cool to see that this is you know set up for the rest of the season. So we have nine more episodes to figure out what that looks like, and laugh our asses off along the way. That's right. Always laughing. <laughs> We've been mentioning all of the funny lines and Easter eggs and references and other things. So, are there any little uh, moments that we forgot yeah, to yeah. bring up? Um, <clears throat> the meek dude. With the fanny pack that came along for the ride, Gavin. From, uh, Gavin, there you Gavin. go. He what, what was he a botanist, right, or something? Yeah, yeah, Gavin the botanist. Yeah. And of course, like he's all freaked out because he's never really left Earth, whatever. And then, of course, like he's like, "No, I'm never coming back," you know. And, like takes the replica and goes off. And uh, I was hoping that they would just kind of leave him out there, and maybe that's like a reoccurring thing. For example, maybe he ends up on the news scroll you know so at some point later in the season i was a little bummed that they he becomes a villain yeah or he, you know <laughs> well they have to go they, rescue they, him from something dumb later you know just because they're like oh man he got himself stuck and whatever yeah i guess they you know the show's not serialized and they wanted to wrap it up so you know well, it ended as it yeah. began they bookended it with the the same anchor woman yep. fnn which is canon yeah fnn is well, sure. And he was captured, but he didn't want to be. No. He was rescued. Yeah. Well, he wasn't a very good pilot. No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, definitely not. And these, the, it, was, it was a subtle thing, but I liked how the ship was still stripped. 
like it was so yeah you know that's like a starship nerd question i have is like should you really be piloting something without hull plating around that seems really bad yeah it was dangerous like, yeah. she would have never made it to klingon space no i think you know her whole plan was completely <laughs> she, they never went to warp who knows if it would even work going to warp well and, her alone. and, and it's so weird because of course like the dock guys like are like don't think that's weird that the ship is naked basically either you know what i mean they're just like oh there goes the california class ship wait that's weird. Do we have permission to remove one? Not like, dude, it's stripped down to its space frame. Why the hell is that leaving? It's just like, oh, that's weird. And then, event, you know, then it dawns on them. We'll wait. But it's not even, they don't even question because they see it. You know, you can see it go past their like view screen and they don't even question like that it's stripped yeah. down, which I think I would, you know, but either way it was stolen. Well, clearly so. you would, Matt. Yeah. I know I would. Yeah. Obviously you would. <laughs> I mean, geez, I would. <laughs> Mariner mentioned how she thought a lot of what was happening to Captain Freeman and them in general was due to prejudice against California class. So she she is assuming that Starfleet is, and this has been a kind of a thing of her. Yeah, it's been a thing. In the past. But Starfleet showed in they in no way were prejudiced against Captain Freeman and they had this secret operation. Why there was a trial going on while that, you know, this secret operation was going on. Maybe it was a the trial itself was a I think it's all for show. A yeah. distraction. Yeah, throw yeah. off so, so the, the suspicion. Pack, yep. I mean the pack you are really not the need, they Yeah, but that's the thing, like, on. did you even do you need to distract the packlets with the trial? They probably didn't even understand what it was all about. But they want to see it, probably. Oh, good. I guess. I remember, I remember how they think she's Janeway. So, you know, they're just like, oh, Janeway is brought to justice, you know. I'm like, <laughs> and it was on the yeah. news. Everywhere they went, the news was playing, right? Like, yeah. wasn't it? It was in the background at the restaurant. Yeah. And then the, yeah. the Buffer Buff had been watching the news also. So um, it was it was ubiquitous. The one line I just think deserves some love. As Rutherford saying, well, my shirt could be a little more asymmetrical. Oh, yeah. I loved that. <laughs> oh, my God. That 90s fashion that is now, you know, whatever, mid 24th century fashion, basically. It's great. We didn't really get much of the senior officers, but I I love Dr. Tan. And, and you know, when the, the reporters were surrounding them yeah. and Ransom was all uh, sunglassed up. Saying, and like, no, comment, no comment, being cool. Yeah. She was like, get the fuck off me. Yeah. <laughs> Except they, they bleeped it, but you, you could tell what she was saying. Well, we know what she was saying. Yeah. 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 She, she hasn't changed one bit. Thank God. She's still Dr. Tana. All right. So is there anything left that we need to cover in this episode? No, no, no. I think we've thoroughly discussed our reintroduction to Lower Decks. All right. So that's all we have for this week then. But I think it was worth it. Thanks, Matt, for joining us. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. And next week we will be doing news. We'll be doing a recap from Vegas and we'll be reviewing the next episode of Lower Decks. See you next week.